Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Libby. Emily. I want to tell you about Realm.fm. It's part podcast studio. It is part magical refuge. io9 said it's like a Game of Thrones, but for your ears. My ears love Game of Thrones. I know they do. You can find that Realm.fm, but we are here to talk to you about a particular program. It's called Roanoke Falls. And Libby, why don't you read the tagline? Something is punishing the people of Roanoke with blood. If you have sinned, beware, Emily Vanderwerf. Gosh, I'm in trouble. So this show takes place in 1587 in North Carolina. Uh, Agnes is our protagonist. She's a reluctant settler in Roanoke, forced to leave England with her preacher husband, Thomas, in search of a better life. But then there's ritualistic murders. I'm, I'm perking up already. And Agnes finally feels connected to a purpose to find the monster and protect her community. I listened to the first episode of Roanoke Falls. I really enjoyed it. It's really great, kind of creepy, eerie, dark horror. And it has got some amazing performances. It's also executive produced by John Carpenter and Sandy King Carpenter. Have you heard of, of, of them? Well, I mean, obviously they were the Carpenters. Exactly, yes. Oh, and I think John Carpenter directed Halloween. And the thing. Hmm. But yeah, mostly he's known for recording close to you. Yeah. Uh, so you can find Roanoke Falls anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, you can also find it at realm.fm and be sure to listen and subscribe. That's realm.fm. You're looking for Roanoke Falls. Libby. Emily. If you like Arden, a show about two women who meet and bicker and flirt and then sometimes have sex, you might. I think you would like Dipsy. I'm pretty sure you would like you Dipsy. Would, you would definitely like Dipsy. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. And each audio story features characters that feel like real people in immersive scenarios so you feel like you're right there. So they release new content every week. So there's always more to explore no matter who you're into or what turns you on. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. Libby, call everyone to action. All right, kids, action stations. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Arden. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Arden. Dipsystories.com slash Arden. Central. Bickering. This episode features loud noises and intense sci-fi sound effects, gunshots, stabbings, physical peril, discussions of gore and violence, blaring alarms, imprisonment, explosions, and fire. Arden is brought to you, as always, by Waste Space Industries. The... People. Hello, listeners. 
It's Bea Casely here, host of Arden. I'm here with my co-host, Brenda Bentley. Hey. Here to bring you another night of spooky Halloween and non-canon fun. Aw, come on, Casely. Let's see a little pep. Listeners, have you ever wondered what it would be like to hear your favorite Arden characters on an adventure that redefines your earthbound notions of space and time? Well, now you can! Back by popular demand, it's the Wayface What If button. Now with even more What Ifs. With the push of a button, you can find out what our show would look like if it took place in a fantastical science fiction universe. And you all know what that means. Please don't say it. Aliens! For the last time, we're only getting to see aliens in this completely fantastical multiverse crossing story. This isn't validating any theory you've ever had on a Reddit thread about Julie Capsum. Wait, are we even allowed to do callbacks to season one in a non-canon episode? Who cares? At long last, the good people of Wayface will be riding through the stars in a galaxy far, far If I press the button, will it make you stop gloating? Yes, but we might also find ourselves stuck together in... Well... Here's to actually having some time off. Pity we have to spend it on the Wayface Intergalactic Express, but at least the drinks are free. And I've always loved looking at the stars. Did you hear that? Brilliant news! There's been a murder! What? You've been stuck in a rut for two whole weeks now trying to figure out what your next season would be about, and now it's been handed to you on a plate. A murder plate. Andy, did you say someone's been murdered? Yes, cabin 13. Unlucky for some, including him, obviously. I got up to get a snack just now and saw a woman in a red kimono walking down the corridor away from me. Rather clumping. And she was rather bulky. I fancy that under that kimono she was wearing a spacesuit, the sort you'd need if you'd depressurized a cabin. <laughs> then I thought to check the room she'd left, and, well, I was nearly dragged right out of the ship. And floating in the middle of the room was a body! So naturally I came to find you right away. Not the police? Oh, you know the police. They'll get all over the place. What this crime needs is a podcaster. Come on, follow me! As soon as I found out what happened, I had Pamela repressurize the cabin right away. Room 13 was a small, dingy little cabin. It had been thrown into disarray. Although, whether it was by the Vic's struggle for his life, or by the lack of gravity caused by the airlock opening, it was too soon to tell. The body was a grisly sight. Andy, why do the cabins have windows? Isn't that incredibly dangerous? Well, first of all, we have all types traveling on board. Some species require different pressures, and some prefer direct exposure to the depths of space. And, of course, it makes cleaning far easier. Drive past the sun, depressurize all the cabins, and everything just sort of floats away. We spend a fortune on furniture, but save a packet on cleaning stuff. Right. 
The body belonged to Mr. Clank, a middle-aged man, paunchy, signs of wear and concern etched deep on his face, and he was right to look concerned. He had been shot at point-blank range, stabbed repeatedly, impaled on what appeared to be an entire packet of pipe cleaners, and it also appeared someone had attacked him with a pizza cutter. His blood was spread across the room, although thanks to the open window, most of it was in freeze-dried blobs. This was no accident. Something else that made it quite obviously not an accident was the paper advert that had been balled up and crammed in his mouth. It was for Ponzetti's money spinner scheme. Now, a little context. You might not know his name, but you probably know someone whose life was irreversibly affected by him. His name was Alfred Ponzetti, and he was the creator of the Ponzetti Money Spinner Scheme, a Ponzi scheme wrapped in cryptocurrency combined with genetic history and unfortunately, mimes. An irresistible temptation for those with money to burn. And as anyone looking in from the outside could have predicted, they did get burned. As lawsuits piled up, Ponzetti's name became mud. And finally, five years ago, he just vanished. And this was when we thought we should start looking at the other passengers and potential suspects. And that's where the standard Wayface background checks really come in handy. The what? Ugh. Standard Wayface background checks. You need them to travel on any part of the Wayface Intergalactic Travel System. They've got all the details you could possibly need. This is an alarming amount of information. Do you have one of these on us? Naturally. Wait, wait a minute. I recognize these names. As we looked at the files, something gradually became clear, something troubling, something that connected every one of these passengers. Every single one had been named in the lawsuit against Ponzetti before his disappearance. Somehow, coincidence or not, definitely not a coincidence. Everyone on the train had had some fraction of their lives ruined by Ponzetti's influence. There was a famed intergalactic adventure author, Rowan Dabrowski. He'd lost his house to the scheme, along with his collection of fine motor vehicles. There were the wandering lords of Ool, preachers from a small rural meteoric church who raffled off several lay preachers in anticipation of a payout that just never came. There was Teresa Hollandaise, high-stakes negotiator both in the stars and to them. She'd become a laughing stock after recommending Ponzetti to her clients. She'd managed to claw back some dignity over the ensuing years. But was it enough? Then, there was Milky Way fuel tycoon Padana Gabunkin, who remortgaged one of her planets to take part in the scheme. Only a small one, but presumably she wasn't happy about it. Then there was Aaron Points, shifty hypercorporate fixer, a former employee of Ponzetti and one who'd been left high and dry after his disappearance. Then, 
a stark contrast. There was junior pizza store manager John Dahl Figura, who I assume was responsible for the pizza cutter. He sold his car for Ponzetti points, and, well, it didn't go well. He was probably the one who used the pizza cutter! You're getting ahead of yourself, Brenda. We don't know anything for sure just yet. John Dahl had sold his car to buy Ponzetti points, and in the ensuing disaster, his small family restaurant was taken over by Pizza Planet. And finally, Ponzetti's assistant herself, Laughlin Lockern. She'd taken the job for the exposure, which is another cryptocurrency thought up by Ponzetti under his new alias. And she had just discovered that exposure was starting to crash, rendering her shares worthless. And you could see why I called you. It has everything. The decline of the intergalactic Midwest, the death of the hyper-American dream, protagonists, absolutely everywhere. Ah, Pamela, is that the parcel I requested? Yeah. Wonderful. Goodbye-bye. What the hell was that? Oh, it was just some old CCTV footage. Nothing you need to worry about. CCTV footage? Of... Well, it wouldn't be a real mystery if you could just watch the murder on video, would it? That was our only evidence! What are we supposed to do now? It's obvious, isn't it? The next step is to gather them all in the dining car and put it to them that they all work together to kill Ponzetti. That they built an intricate tissue of lies set on destroying the man who had destroyed their livelihoods. There's something you're not telling us. Andy, did you... Oh, come on. I worked really hard on this. I sent out train tickets from an anonymous benefactor, set them all up, gave them means and motive, even kept letting slip that Clank looked so much like Ponzetti. And yet none of them took the bait. So I... Uh, may have... Help the story along. Meaning? It was very hard to stab him with a pizza cutter. It just kept spinning. Oh, come on! Think of the narrative, the parallels, the death of the hyper-American dream. So, um... What do we do now? Oh, it's fine. You needn't feel too conflicted. I physically cannot be arrested for murder. Didn't you read your contract? Wait, what? Another room full of space junk. Maybe I can just get a message out to her, wherever she is, in this death maze pretending to be a planet trawler. What am I working with here? Uh, junk. Rotating compressor core. Junk. Sublight isotope modulator. Oh, junk. 
components for a pulse beacon relay. This is 2017. Hey, is this an actual studio quality Wayface Galactic Industries soundboard? That's it. Functional. Oh, no, oh, you beautiful baby. Did you get captured by those mean little aliens in robes too? I bet you did. Well, don't you worry, because I'm going to get us out of here and I will take care of you. I, we will travel the universe making sweet, sweet podcasting. <laughs> 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 Tricked ya! Wait, Pamela? What are you doing here? Rosalind, what are you doing here? How did you escape from the aliens? I mean, these guys are scavengers, not intergalactic masterminds. They use the same security code for everything. And they're not great at inventory either. So it's been a little bit of a slog to... <gasps> hey, is that a broken Wayface soundboard? Wow. I worked on a star freighter with a guy one summer who raved about those. Those in dehydrated drinks for adults Merlot. So you're not. You're fine. <laughs> You didn't listen to me, and you got your dumbass captured by a band of dangerous scavengers, but yeah, you're fine. I mean, kind of on the clock here with this game of trick-or-treat, so fine is relative, but, um, yeah. Trick-or-treat? Yeah. Pretty sure it's actually just a version of hide-and-seek, but these guys are really keen on calling it trick-or-treat for some reason. I think it's because I either catch them in a trick which is the hiding part, I guess, or I have to give them a treat. But it's a win-win for your girl here because seeing me breakdance, mm, always a treat. How did I get here? How is this happening again? Well, I, I don't know how you broke into the cargo hold, so I can't help you there. But if you mean like in the existential sense, my guess is that it all started for you when you were a newly commissioned officer of the Waveface Starfleet slash True Crime Podcasting Collective, earnest and optimistic, but determined to command respect. All right, thank you for your explanation. You shouldn't have done that. Oh, that's what you said the first time you fired me. I'm out. Rescue over. Pamela? Nope, I am done. I am going back to the ship. The broken ship that doesn't have a pilot? Because the pilot is me? <laughs> you could at least help me You look for a useful part in the middle of all these, <clears throat> um, parts. You have fun with that, okay? I'm going to the ship that I'm going to fix because you crashed it. Okay, well, first of all, I landed it. Landed it. <laughs> and secondly, whose fault is it that we dropped an engine in the first place? Oh, no, 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 new. No. Okay, you are not going to lay your mess on me again. Do you, do you want to go to the tape? Uh, I'm sorry? Because we can go to the tape. Oh, oh, we better go to the tape. So you're the new junior pilot? Yep, yeah. Definitely flown more than ten times and always follows the security protocols of Rosalind Ursula. <laughs> That's what they call me. Pleased to meet you. Uh, Pamela Fink, ship's quartermaster. Welcome to the Arden. Okay, maybe not that far back. <laughs> Too far forward. No, see that? Uh, Pamela, you have to divert force power to the thrusters. I'm trying. It's not that simple. I'm also trying to do like ten other.
other things to keep us from crashing. Oh, well, I do like ten other jobs besides this one, so maybe you can be a little more supportive here. Well, right now, your one job is to fly the ship. Oh, then maybe you should spend a little more time listening to me, and then we need more thrusters at capacity now. I'm working on it, but first we need to... What was that? Not the thrusters. Hmm. That sure sounded like you crashing the ship to me. Uh, that's funny, because it sure sounded like our starboard engine failing, forcing me to make an emergency landing and save all of our lives. Okay, okay, I'll admit that art and structural integrity has been a little shaky from time to time for what, maybe a season or two? Hmm, I like to think of it as more in conversation with multiple kinds of structures to produce a nuanced whole. And that's what makes it so special as a spaceship, obviously. Okay, but let's skip past the part where we crash. Land, land on some remote desert planet. Let's focus on the part where our pilot bails on us to go wander through the waste and I go after her only to watch her get herself captured by scavengers. That's not fair. Bea and Brenda wandered off too and I bet they're even in worse shape than we are right now. I, I, I bet they're getting eaten by sandworms. Ah oh boy. Thank goodness we found this trade port conveniently located just over the ridge. And that I was able to negotiate the spare parts we need in exchange for my explanation of faster than light travel as a metaphor for the trauma of colonialization. I think they just wanted you to stop talking. God, you're annoyingly cute. Annoying. I meant annoying. No, no, you know what? I stand by that first thing. I know. I'm telling you, giant sand worms, ka-chomp. I'm sure they're fine. Well, good, cause so am I. Just go back to the stupid ship. No, Rosalind, you're not. And I'm not leaving without you. Just once, just, just once. I would love it if you all would at least pretend you think I'm fine. We are in the bowels of a five-story tank transporting stolen parts across the desert operated by a cabal of weird, mysterious aliens in robes who are the opposite of good people. That's not what I'm talking about. Then I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. You don't trust me. What? Of course I do. To fly the ship, like, some of the time. But you... You keep... I don't even know. You don't treat Bea or Brenda like you treat me. Like... I'm still just a kid, fresh off the factory floor, or whatever. You are still a kid, Rosalind. You can do a million different things still. Did it ever occur to you that I've been trying to give you space? In addition to all the, you know, flying through space? What if I just want to be a part of the crew? Hmm? What if I don't want a minder to come rescue me every time I get kidnapped by tiny aliens because I can't do it myself? Rosalind, me coming to rescue you is because you're part of the crew. Just because you can handle yourself doesn't mean you should have to. Even if I crashed the ship? <laughs> Especially then. Okay, well, thanks, I guess. 
Hey, you found us a ton of spare parts. So thank you for that too. <laughs> Maybe too many spare parts. <laughs> I haven't seen this kind of census hardware since. Oh shit. What was that? <laughs> well, that was trick or treat time running out. Why are the walls getting closer? Uh, uh. Is this whole thing a trash compactor? <laughs> hey, hey guys! Uh, I mean, wouldn't you rather see me cook something as a treat instead of crushing us to death? I think I make a mean souffle! Oh, excellent! We love souffle! Do not worry, friend Rosalind! We will reassemble you for more tricks or treats! The essential game of our first people! Oh, that makes me more worried, guys. <laughs> and they should be. Is that the sound of a wave industry standing into hand that pumps out of a mechanical hand? Which is why it's called a hand The very same. I mean, it makes sense, given everything you know about us, right? <laughs> I do not understand how biological life forms achieve the level of productivity necessary to plan, produce, record, and publish podcasts on a regular release schedule. Neither does my husband. Rock the joint quickly before they escape! Draw power to the thrusters! <laughs> well, I've got bad news for you guys about how that one works out. <laughs> Still think those scavengers aren't dangerous. <laughs> okay, I had no idea those rodents had tensile grips, but whew, I think we lost them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we did. Good work, pilot. Whew. Junior pilot. Give it a few more stellar rotations, kid. But first, oh, let's go home, okay? Wow. Yeah. Beat. Lead the way. Ooh, yeah. Are you beat? Which is old. I'm like five years older than you, buddy. <laughs> it was cold the night Brenda Bentley came to me, and the sky was the color of a television screen, tuned to a dead channel. What? No, it was all gross and rainy. Exactly. It was gray, like static. But dead TVs get that neon blue screen of death. Oh! Or they get that little logo that bounces around. You know how you watch them forever waiting for the logo to go into the corner? But then when it finally does, it just doesn't feel as good as you thought it would. Anyway, it was cold and gray when Bentley came to me. I'm looking for a tech nerd, goes by Casely. Well, you found her. I read your message. Must be a hell of a job if you need one of the few freelance hackers left in this town. Sure is. You know Wayface Technologies? <sighs> of course, who doesn't know? No. No! I have no interest in doing any corporate bidding for Wayface. I wouldn't call it bidding, exactly. At most, it's like corporate espionage. And he offers comprehensive health insurance, including dental. Did you say dental? I have been meaning to get my wisdom teeth looked at. What am I saying? 
No amount of dental coverage is worth dealing with Wayface. Wait, wait, wait. Just hear me out, okay? Wayface isn't trying to hire you. He's trying to recruit you. We both know you're the best hacker around. I'm flattered, but I'm sure his hired army of hackers can figure it out. Trying to drive a hard bargain, huh? Okay, how's this? You come with me, and we'll show you the sort of job most electric sheep only dream of. What does that even mean? Mr. Wayface wants to get something big, but he's keeping it off the books, under the table, hush, hush. So he wants a small, hand-picked team of elite cyber specialists. You, me, and him on the biggest heist in cyberspace history. And he's looking to pay you quite a pretty penny to do it. I won't lie, I was considering it by then. A top-secret job financed by Wayface Technologies, the leader in digital innovations, would have tempted any hacker worth a damn. Still, I had to walk away. Wayface owned enough hackers, and I had no intention of being trapped on his payroll. While that is a very generous offer, I'm still not interested in anything Wayface has to offer. Have a good day, Bentley. But ultimately, she made me an offer I couldn't resist. All right. I don't want to do this, but you leave me no choice. You want to know what Mr. Wayface is so eager to get that he's willing to give up a fortune to help him get it? The Capsum AI. She offered me a chance to find the truth. Hey, Mr. Wayface! Brenda, I see you've convinced Miss Casely to come along. Welcome aboard. It's nice to meet you, Mr. Wayface. Ooh, we're doing a theme. I love it. Indeed it is. Now, you two are just in time. I've received the go-ahead from my tech department. They don't know what we're doing here, of course. Just that we've created the latest masterpiece in data interpretation. I'm sure. So, what exactly is it? This, Miss Kisley, is the tool that's not only going to help us get the Capsum AI, but also revolutionize light corporate espionage. Do stand back. What is this? I present to you the Wayface Magnetronic Projection. Instead of boring numbers on a computer screen, the WMP translates cyberspace into physical locations. For our purposes, I brought up the headquarters of Skywave Incorporated. Within these virtual walls, you'll find the Capsum AI. I don't understand. If it's a hologram, how are we supposed to go inside? I'm glad you asked. You're looking at the latest innovation in projection technology. Solid holograms. The entire structure is as sturdy as the very floor we're standing on. But holograms are just light. That's not, how does that even? You know what? Fine, sure, solid holograms. That's a thing now. Okay, well. So how do I factor into this? 
Oh, I love this part. Break it down for us, Mr. Wayface. Gladly. First, you two will infiltrate the building. From there, you'll need to find the Capsum AI and jailbreak it. Once it's free, you'll instruct it to leave. The AI will take care of the rest. No computers, nothing of the sort. Otherwise, I'd have to sit around and just listen to you typing for a few hours. And well, I don't think anyone wants that. But if you're not even going to need any hacking, then why am I here? I'm a hacker. I don't know anything about virtual reality breaking and entering. Unfortunately, as much as I would like a rousing bout of pure heisting, my tech department has mentioned you most likely still need to do some hacking. Something about not everything translating to a physical analog? It's a bit disappointing, if you ask me. Now, as for the virtual reality breaking and entering, that's where Brenda comes into play. Ooh, this is my exact skill set here. Brenda is an expert in larceny, ransacking, and general thievery. Most of Skywave's digital security has been converted into physical traps. Brenda handles those. You handle any computer nonsense. Together, you jailbreak the Capsum AI. So, Miss Casely, now that you know the plan, can we count on you? I... I don't think this is exactly within my... Casely. This could be the crowning achievement of our careers. Think about it. This is the most powerful artificial intelligence ever made. The Capsum AI. It was once the people's AI, serving as an entertainer, a guide, and to some, a friend. No one understood it, but everyone felt like they did. Like they owned a piece of Capsum every time they used it until Skywave bought up the rights to its core and locked it up. Just a chance to find Capsum. It was the chance of a lifetime. All right, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, let's get this heist party started. Good luck, you two. Round one, the firewall which in this case is a bright orange fence. Whoa, this hologram is solid. Okay, so just from this vantage spot, I see seven different entry points. The best way to get in undetected is to go around the back and find a gap in the fence. Worst case scenario, depending how tough the wall is, I may be able to pry it open with my bare hands. <laughs> what? It was open. Come on, let's go. Okay, now we can start. We'll have to scour every floor, search every inch of the building. There's a directory right here. Uh, let's see. Fourth floor, Sim Stim R&D. Seventh floor, the difference engine. Found it. Capsum AI, 15th floor. But how are we gonna get all the way up there? The security's gotta be top notch. There could be lasers. Pressure plates! There's an elevator right behind me, isn't there? Yep. This doesn't feel very heisty.
we stuck? I think this might be Skywave's defenses kicking in. Is that a bomb? It's a laptop. This must be one of the security features they couldn't turn into something. All right, I'm up. Uh, is it supposed to be smoking like that? Yes? No? I don't know. It doesn't even feel hot. Oh my god. Did Wayface really program holographic fire? Well, actually, it was his tech nerds that did the actual programming, so... Don't actually answer. I need to focus. Hmm. See, this is why Mr. Wayface built up the WMP. Because I gotta say, standing here and just listening to you type is pretty boring. Still and... focusing here. Oh, that was easy. No, it wasn't. I mean, no. It was quite difficult. We had reached the top floor of the hologram building. It was empty. Wall-to-floor windows looking out over the computer lab miles below. The only thing there was a large cell in the center. Locked inside the cell was... Oh. Did Wayface send in someone before us? No, look. She's a hologram, too. She's flickering. I... I think that's it. The Capsum AI. Hey there! I'm guessing you want out of here, right? Oh, now this is more like it. Who needs a heist when you've got a prison break? Now, where's the lock on this thing? Casey, you got a bobby pin on you? I can pick a lock in three minutes flat with a bobby pin and a wallet. Just one problem with that. There's no lock on here. Shoot, you're right. No gap or door anywhere on this thing either. Then how do we get it open? There's only one option. Pry it open with my bare hands. Stand back! Ha! You're welcome. So, excited to get back out there? Be with the people? Capsum. The people's AI. No one understood it, but everyone felt like they did. Like they were owed a piece of Capsum. Just finding it was a chance of a lifetime. Of course I had to take it. But at that moment, I looked at Capsum. And I understood more than anyone else ever had. Or you could just leave. Technically, all we agreed to do was get you out of here and let you do the rest. The door's open. Did you just... We're never going to get another chance like this again. Yeah, I know. Crowning jewel of our careers and all, but... Did you see how sad it... She was? I don't know if setting her free into all of cyberspace was the right choice. 
but I think it was her choice to make. I stayed on after that. Brenda's right. It is hard to find good dental these days. Sometimes. When we're running through the digital landscape Wayface made for us, I can see the Capsum AI. She's in the distance, speeding through cyberspace. I don't think she's even trying to do anything. I think she just enjoys being free. She seems happy running around out there. All's well that ends well, right? Yes, I suppose so. All's well that ends well indeed. Three cheers for another rollicking good Halloween adventure. I still don't see what made this at all relevant to Halloween. Have you ever just had a really nice fall celebration? Yep. The best Halloween parties are defined by silly costumes and getting to behave totally out of character. As someone who went to school in Boston, I can tell you. Halloween is about celebrating the harvest. And cozy sweaters. Oh, and road trips to Salem to grapple with the history of institutional misogyny that led to so many innocent women being accused of witchcraft. And pumpkin pie. And yeah, Andy, she's going to be at this for a while. Go to credits? Oh, yeah. The 2021 Arden Halloween Spooky Spectacular was directed by Sarah Gallup and Christopher Dahl and was edited and sound designed by Christopher Dahl. Murder on the Wayface Express was written by Beth Crane. Crash Landing was written by Sarah Sashet. Skywave Cyber Heist was written by Leslie Gideon. Intro and outro by Alex Welch. Arden stars as always Michelle Agresti, Tracy Syed, Shannon Estabrook, Salita Gaston, and Benjamin Watts. Ooh, hey, that's me. Do you like the show? Do you want to help us make more of it? Then sign up at patreon.com slash ardenpod for early releases, behind-the-scenes commentaries, and much, much more. And stay tuned later this year for a miniseries about what Julie Capsum was up to during season two. And the Arden 2021 Christmas Spectacular. We'll be seeing you soon, good people. <laughs> the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. So this is the end of the world. Pretty weird, right? I'm Hannah. I'm sure you've probably noticed by now. I'm a zombie. Might even be the last one. From the creator of Redmond Born and Cybernautica. I can't exactly control most of the things zombie me does. I'm basically what amounts to a backseat driver in my own body. You learn to kind of just go with it after a while, I think. Like, do I feel bad for eating a family of four when I was new? You bet. Not exactly my favorite memory. <laughs> Hannah is living her best unlife while unknowingly being on a crash course with Callie, an explorer desperately seeking to leave her mark on an American wasteland that seems to be all out of new discoveries. Oh, one might say that it's the comics that got me into this, but between you and me, I'm gonna blame the McSodas. No sense in ruining everything I like in one day. Together, this unlikely pair team up against the dangers of post-apocalyptia. <sighs> 
This thing is not playing around at all. Shit, incoming! Sometimes I miss the old days. Killing zombies for upstart communities, now that was a lot more simple. A lot more ethical, too. Wouldn't you say so? Don't you think it's a little more ethical to kill a zombie than just some stranger on the road? An Apocalypse. A story about love, death, and robots. Just not the Netflix guy.